up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. Today's podcast is a big one. It's a special one. It's a fun one. Today is one of my favorite types of podcasts. It's a season preview, and better yet, better than any season preview, it's a season preview of the flagship MTV version of the show. Hallelujah, we have arrived. Season 38, Ride or Dies. It's here. Well, almost here. It's two weeks away from the day this is posted, depending when you're watching it. It may even be closer than that. Oh my goodness, it could be so close. Within two weeks' time, we will be watching the premiere episode, and that means I've got to break it all down before we begin. We're going to hit a full trailer breakdown, a team-by-team breakdown, some of the basics of the season, the state of the challenge, the power rankings going in, the predictions for how the season will go, and uh, who knows, a bunch else probably I always end up going even longer on all the tangents. You know how this works by now. It's exciting times though. And I, for one, am very, very excited for this season. I think it's got a lot of potential to be great. And I've got the right feelings. I'm feeling all the right vibes coming from everything coming out of the challenge world that this one will in fact live up to that potential better, at least better, if not all the way, but at least better than the last couple have, which have had a lot of potential, which I've liked more than the average fan, but I know a lot of you out there listening are thinking, no, those ones weren't great. We need great, and I think we are going to get great this season. Before we begin, programming notes, as always, Fresh Meat 2 Rewatch podcast was posted on Monday with the great Mike Lewis, breaking down one of my all-time favorite seasons. We did skip ahead two seasons on the rewatch, listen to it to find out why we did that, but either way, I will be back next Monday with the Duel 2, so don't worry, didn't forget about that or the ruins. We then got four more episodes of the Challenge Doc over the next two Wednesdays that'll lead right up to the Ride or Dies premiere, so I'll be recapping those Doc episodes and posting those on Fridays each of the next two weeks, two days from now, nine days from now. Same as we did last week. Listen to that if you haven't already. And then on the most likely two podcast feed with my good friend Paige, I'm hopping on every week to cover Survivor. So if you're a Survivor fan, make sure to check that out. And of course, last and finally, I hope to get some Hall of Fame inductees rolling here soon. I know I announced that a few weeks back. We haven't been able to fit any in so far, but with so many challenge things going on, finding the right week to drop the first one is tricky. So stay on notice for those, and when we can fit them in, we will fit them in. That's a lot going on. So make sure, as always, hit that follow, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't before, you won't want to miss a thing. Thanks so much for being here. If you think that I end up saying something completely ridiculous on the rest of this podcast or you just ever want to chat challenge, make sure to shoot me a DM at Challenge Historian on Instagram. Those are always open. And with that, let us dive in. Season 38, Ride or Dies. Here we go. First things first, before we begin, before we say anything about season 38, Ride or Dies, a spoiler warning, spoiler disclaimer. It's not a warning, it's a disclaimer. I misspoke. Let me correct. Spoiler disclaimer, and that is that I don't know any spoilers. I know nothing that takes place this season aside from the cast and the trailer, which I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you yourself are also now familiar with. I have avoided it all thus far and hope to for the entire season. The only single thing 
that is somewhat spoilery is in relation to the casting as I was tuned into the spoilers during, you know, while they figured out who was going to be on this show. And then I turn them off the moment I think I know more or less who the cast is likely to be. So during this very segment right now that you're listening to, there will be one time where I kind of maybe share a little spoiler-ish thing, but it's about the cast and it's about cast members who are on the official list, who are in the trailers, who we will talk about today. I will, however, because of that, because it's a hint of spoiler there, I will make sure to give a warning to skip ahead 30, 45 seconds when that moment comes up. If it sounds like something you don't want to hear, easy to skip over. Otherwise, other than that one single little tiny moment that, again, I don't really consider a spoiler, but I get why you would, so I will let you know to skip that part. Otherwise, I know nothing. All opinions, all predictions, they are mine and mine alone, and this will be a spoiler-free preview as every recap throughout the season will be a spoiler-free recap. Hopefully, I plan on it. I'm, you know, I'm, I've got a really good streak going right now. The last few seasons, we've avoided all of that. Even though I've got my toe dipped in some of the waters that sometimes have spoilers in them, we, we've been able to avoid them for the last few seasons. We've so far avoided them for this season, and the plan is to continue doing so all the way to the end. Then, now that that's out of the way, let's get to some of the basics. We're going to break down the full trailer. We're going to break down every team. We're going to make some predictions. But before we do, let's just quickly run through kind of the state of the challenge right now and a couple of the basics, the very high-level basics of this season before we go in, starting with the state of the challenge. Where is the challenge franchise right now? Well, it's in a really good place, but it's also it's in a, it's in a place where you would think a, a show built on the such sturdy foundation, 37 seasons of the flagship, three of All-Stars, one of Challenge USA, three of that other spinoff that we don't really talk about on this podcast. You would think we'd have the most firm foundation in the world, but as the house, you know, is going through some makeovers, we're trying to modernize for the new era. We're trying, you know, we're throwing on a new, you know, throwing a basement in, throwing a covered patio in on the side, putting a pool in out back, whatever metaphor you want to make for adding the Challenge USA, for building out the challenge all-stars whatever you want to say the franchise has been growing and it seemed like with some of that growth the flagship itself maybe was on a bit of life support i even had to hop on a pod at one point in the last year's time and talk about is the flagship dead could it be dead could it be dead rather soon could it be you know in you know the you know late 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 in its life here but that was all because you know we had first the introduction of All Stars and everyone loved it. Then we had the rise of All Stars. It became you know back to back seasons. Holy cow, we're cranking these out before we're doing more flagship seasons. Then the introduction to Challenge USA. Then the youth movement on All Stars three, and it seemed like oh my goodness, could the flagship one be almost done? It feels like All Stars has almost replaced it. But then at the same time, we had that crazy finale of Challenge USA. I don't know. While that was a very good season, you heard all my opinions, almost all positive other than some production related issues there at the end I think most fans liked it but didn't love it and I feel like now that we have watched that and have it in the rear view the the energy the hype the demand for flagship for season 38 for that comfort of what we've known and loved for 37 seasons prior that is there I could feel it in the fandom I could feel it in the challenge community and you know it's this season now it's back it interestingly enough has all of that hype and it seems like the flagship may or may not be poised to actually regain its stature as the challenge the challenge flagship challenge the one that matters the most 
and you know it never technically lost that but it certainly felt at times while we were watching an all-stars two or three uh even when they debuted challenge usa certainly there were days where it felt like oh my gosh what has happened where where is the flagship going but now it feels like going into the season regardless of what actually transpires on ride or dies it feels like the challenge is just an amazingly great place yes there's a lot of change going on but that foundation is there it is solid and nothing's going anywhere if anything it's just getting bigger more branches i think the challenge usa or something on cbs is here to stay i think all stars is here to stay maybe at a very infrequent pace when they can do them when schedules line up and I think the flagship is here to stay as well at least for the time being at least until a day comes where there is a merging of all of these which I think is already happening I think the you know I don't know that we're going to talk about it later so we'll just say here uh prediction whoever wins this show and some others from this season are gonna be on the war of the worlds or whatever they call where they put the winners from challenge usa argentina uk australia i bet you might even see some all-stars folks pop up on there or just randos that haven't even been on any of those but are just legends and they invite and they say yes so that's out of the way that's where the state of the challenge is let's talk about season 38 ride or dies Three high-level things to hit, and then we'll go right into the trailer breakdown. Some of this comes from the trailer, because the trailer is really all we have to go off of right now. We do have, you know, have some clips coming out now on the challenge social feeds. You know, we've gotten a lot of introductions to a bunch of the teams. Those have been very helpful, especially for the teams I had no idea who they were, which we'll talk about in a minute. But three things from a high level. First one, the location and the climate, because the climate's really the bigger thing than the location itself. But the location is Argentina. It doesn't seem, at least from what we see from the trailers, they're not filming in the exact, exact same spot as the Challenge USA, but pretty nearby. They've been filming a lot of those, even those international ones in Argentina. TJ, basically an Argentinian resident at this point in time. He's been hosting so many seasons there, because yes, of course, the host is TJ Lavin, the host with the most damn that man is busy but hopefully you know I've always wanted to go to Argentina myself seems like a great place to hang out for you know the better part of a year or whatever he's ended up being there but the location is Argentina which is the site different places in Argentina some of them the same but is the Benny site of the Rivals 1 finale the Rivals 3 finale the Dirty 30 finale and the entire Challenge USA season and final that we just watched climbing up the same old mountain that they climbed up first time in Argentina back on the Rivals 1 finale so we've been here before it's known territory and hopefully unlike that Challenge USA finale that means that production is on top of its stuff. It knows the terrain and knows what it's working with. And we're going to get one killer kick-ass season. And they have a bunch of stuff there from all these other seasons they've been filming. So they might have even more, you know, pyro and semi-trucks and all that laying around than they've ever had before. All the leftovers from the previous season. So that's the location. As for the climate, now, I'm no expert, but... Based on the trailer, we've got a season very similar to the last two seasons, Spies, Lies, and Allies, and Double more so Spies, Lies, and Allies. Double Agents got real cold real quick and got rainy almost all the time. So very similar to Spies, Lies, and Allies, where it seems like if they're doing a daytime daily challenge and the sun's out, it's plenty warm enough for short sleeves. They're having a good time, but it looks like there's also a lot of times where maybe they have jackets on, hats on, maybe getting a little rain in there. But this is Southern Hemisphere, and I may be making myself look really, really dumb right now because this is just off the top of my head, and I'm not 
all that intelligent of a guy when at the end of the day, but Southern Hemisphere means if they filmed this a couple months ago, we're kind of coming out of winter there into springtime because they're opposite of us in the north and we would have been summer into fall. So I'm thinking, could this be a season where it actually starts colder and gets warmer by the end and where, you know, at the end, if they're ended up on the top of a mountain, there's going to be snow one way or the other. But I don't remember ever having really a season. I know there's been plenty of seasons where it goes warm to cold. Fresh meat, too. I just recapped it recently. That one is much colder by the end. There's starting to be snow by the end. I don't really remember going colder to warmer. That could be an interesting dynamic, but that could also hurt the show because, as always, warm weather seasons are the best just from the interaction at the house. We want people in the pool. We want people hanging out outside. We want people them to be able to do any daily challenge they want, not have to think about part of the safety being like, are these people going to freeze to death if they have to go in this water? Are they always going to have to be wearing wetsuits? Are they always going to have to be wearing three coats and three hats? All of that. So I think we're going to get a mix of it, but hopefully Normally, it's fine if it goes warm to cold because the early part when everyone's there is when you want everyone, you know, in the pools and hanging out outside and having a good time, having the parties. If it goes cold to warm, I don't know. Could be interesting. I could just be wrong on all of this. Let's stop talking about weather while I'm maybe still ahead. Let's talk theme and format, the final high-level thing before we get into the trailer breakdown. And this almost leads us into it because part of this comes from that. Part of what we just said comes from that. The theme is Ride or Dies, a.k.a male female partners of people who are either in relationships with each other they are siblings they are bffs or you know they're just influencers who are hot fit knew the person who needed a partner and now they're there and they're maybe in a relationship quote unquote for the uh the 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 filming of the show, or at least day one of the show, who knows, but for the most part, a lot of them are relationships, we've even got married couples, a lot, a couple of them are siblings, some are true BFFs, some are kind of fake for the show BFFs, and there's one that actually, all we knew was that they hated each other, but now they're on this season together, we'll get to that in a little bit, the only thing we know of the actual like format off of that ride or dies theme is that it's male female pairs and that everything we've seen or been told thus far is it's a very traditional partner season male female partner seasons traditionally are some of my absolute favorites they work out incredibly incredibly well so here is hoping that this one is a straightforward male female just you know one team wins they get power the rest vote everyone else in um we do see two people in power at one point in the trailer so that hopefully means like Yes, there's a power couple in the rest of the house maybe voting. All I can pray for is a simple setup and stay that way the whole time. No twist needed. Please learn your lesson from the last few seasons. Get to receive some of that feedback the fans have been screaming at the top of their lungs and avoid as many twists as possible. The less, the better. If there's zero, that's great. That'll be fine. It'll be okay. It can still be an amazing season, even without TJ dropping twist after twist. Now, I'm about to very quickly, it should take 30 to 45 seconds, discuss the single kind of maybe spoiler that is going to be in this. Again, it's related to casting and to uh, cast members who are on the official list, who are in the trailer, who, you know, are by all means, you know, on are in the cast. Uh, so I, I don't totally think this is like the biggest spoiler in the world, but if you're thinking that whatever I'm about to say might be something that crosses your line of what spoilers you want, go ahead, hit that 15 seconds ahead about three times. I'll go super duper quick. 
All right, they've skipped ahead. So there's 17 teams. It seems like 17 teams are maybe not going to start this season. It seems like one or more teams are going to come in as mercenaries and then be allowed to stay in the game or win their way into the game, a la what they did on like, you know, Final Reckoning Vendettas, other times that they have done that. Um, So we're going to talk about all 17 teams, but I don't expect episode one to see all 17. I would expect to see 16 or even 14 and then a bunch of others introduced relatively early in the game. All right, welcome back to those who skipped that possible spoiler. That's all we've got for the high-level stuff. Let's move straight into, then, our shot-by-shot breakdown of this trailer and go over everything we can learn from it and expect from this season, Season 38, Ride or Die. Here we go. We've got one two-minute-long trailer. That's all we've got to go off of for this season. As always, these trailers are meant to trick us. The last few have tricked at least me, and I hope for my sanity, a few of you, so that I'm not the only one who's been dumb enough to be tricked into thinking Bananas was going to come on as a mercenary in All-Stars 3. It may have just been me. I just thought it would have been the best. I was so excited. I wanted it to be, even though I knew that it wasn't going to, and it wasn't. So this trailer, of course, is always going to try to trick us. It's always going to try to mislead us, but it is going to give us some good info on what we can expect from this season, and that is mostly what I'm going to be talking about here as we watch and break it down. Anything that, you know, I'm not doing the full like, oh, this person and this person are standing there and they're in this elimination and there's this many people standing behind them and, oh, then they're in this daily challenge and it looks like there's this many people left and I can tell this, 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 and this person are there, so that means they're in the final 10, none of that, none of that. None of that trying to figure out who gets how far in the game. Just simply, unless it's super duper blatant, which I don't know that uh, having watched this trailer like a dozen times, I don't think anything is super duper blatant as to who gets how far in the game other than the one injury that uh, possibly they allude to. But I digress. Let's click play. Let's pause it throughout and let's break down what we are seeing here. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, and begin. So. Looks like we're running across moving cars. That looks fun, always good, especially when that looks like a semi-truck's involved and it's a good daily challenge. You've heard me talk about this recently, but when they nail the daily challenge that involves semi-trucks, you know, that's that's just great. That's a big bonus. It's a big boon for the season. Sometimes those go south. Sometimes they go north. This one looks to be going north. We're off to a great start. Let's see more. All right, lots of bright colors, lots of purple involved. I'm liking that. I'm liking that it doesn't seem to be anything alluding to a spy theme. It just seems to be bright colors, neon, fun, cool. I'm into it. Bananas and Nani, they're coming in. They're made to look like they get their own entrance into the game. Is this is this a twist or is this just, you know, given the goat? Who I say is the goat. Uh, some special entrance the way he somewhat had back was at Vendetta's Final Reckoning, whatever one, he kind of came in after the fact, or that was reverse. His partner came in after the fact. I don't know. Maybe they're mercenaries. Maybe they're not. I don't think they are. I don't think, I think they're starting the season. Maybe this is just some footage of them running by themselves. Who knows? Let's continue. A purple bus plows through and explodes a gold car. My high school colors were purple and gold. So were my college fraternity colors. So I'm thinking that I'm going to like this season's color scheme quite a lot. It might make me biased a little towards and in favor of this season. Also, clearly by the explosions that come out of that car from that bus tapping it, the pyro man is back. Man or woman, we don't know who's behind those pyrotechnics, but we know their budget is just as big as always for this season. Let's continue. 
Tommy is crowd surfing at maybe a bar or something. That's Tommy, right? Yeah, yeah, we freeze frame that. We That's Tommy crowd surfing. That looks fun. That tells me that they're having fun, um, which is always a good thing. We want to see the cast having a good time. We didn't get a lot of that on you know, a couple of the recent seasons. So i uh, like to see that. Tommy crowd surfing. Great. Maybe he gives a performance for it. Who knows? Let's continue. All right, that's got to be the opening daily challenge. We got musical chairs, mud wrestling for soccer ball style. That's a classic. That's almost always, you know, when they do it is almost nearly always the first challenge. It's been the first challenge of the of the season like five, six times now. Any type of musical chairs in mud, whether you're grabbing a big ball, a small ball, or nothing at all, just wrestling for something, an X, whatever it may be, looks like the opening daily, and that is a great, great way to start. It's one of the best ways to start if you're not going to be on top of a tall, tall building. You got to be down in a pit of mud. Continue. One million dollars back on the table. No more CBS chump change. Still, it's so weird that they went with five hundred thousand on the one that has way more people watch, has a bigger even. I mean, they're both a part of the same overall parent company, but the the branch of the company that has more money. Anyways, that's all weird. Then we've got. Horatio and Olivia in an elimination, spinning on a big wheel. That's the first glimpse of an elimination or what seems to be an elimination that we've seen. Then we got Jordan and Tori maybe not getting along at the bar. And and really good news. That's not good news. I don't love seeing Jordan and Tori possibly arguing. We'll talk plenty about them later. But Jordan's hat is here. His white cowboy hat. Hell yeah. Love the cowboy hat. Loved it on All-Stars 3. Glad it made the trip back to Argentina for this season. And then we've got Jordan and Anissa clearly not getting along. Real ride or die shit. More on them later. Let's continue. All right, Bananas and Nani will be the power couple at least once or seem to be sitting in the power couple spot. Maybe that's on the other side of the power couple. Either way, it looks like a two-person with some other people in the room style deliberation, someone either in power or in trouble. So that's good for a basic format. TJ's mentioning quitters. Okay, that's good. Nani is wearing a neck brace in the back of an ambulance. I think that's Nani. It's not 100% sure, but it's pretty looks like Nani and uh, she's wearing a neck brace in the back of an ambulance. That's not good, but there, I feel like, uh, I feel like if they're putting that in the trailer, she ain't going out like that. Maybe that's a super precaution. Maybe she takes a bad fall. We've seen a couple over water challenges so far already in this trailer. So here's the hope in that if that's Nani or anyone else that they're completely fine, I guess they wouldn't show us that if someone's getting eliminated, especially if it was Nani and bananas go out because she gets hurt. Would they show us that in the trailer? I don't think so. Jack, speaking of gnarly falls, Jack takes a really gnarly fall off a platform. That looks really, really bad. Then there's that challenge over the top of a city on the top, top, top of a big old building. Teams walking out on a plank from the top of a building over the city at night. That's really fun. Doing If you're not going to do it the first challenge, which who knows, maybe this is the first challenge. Uh, if you're doing it at night, that makes it all the more exciting and honestly makes the backdrop way cooler and the visual way cooler. Nelson and his partner, whose name I'm, uh, I'm struggling with already, they're carrying a stretcher with tires on it that have city names. So we've got some challenge trivia, maybe just geography mixed in with physical in a daily. Love that. That spells right there a great daily. There's no way that's the final that they're showing us uh, that, that we've seen two two different teams doing whatever this is that Nelson and his partner are doing right here. And there's no way they're showing us the final and who's in it in the opening trailer. But this looks like a great daily challenge continue. And we've got Devin and Tori. Okay. The Devin and Tori story enemies to frenemies to rider dies. Meanwhile, 
they clearly saved maybe the best for last. Holy cow. Uh, let me rewind here real quick. And yep, that's a two-story hall brawl thingy. Uh, don't know exactly, but it looks like a hall brawl except two stories. They don't seem to all be running into each other, maybe running into something in the middle. I don't know. That went by really quick. But two-story hall brawl, that's that's wild. We end with that. We end with Devin and Tori. And that's the end of the trailer. All right. So that gave us a lot. That honestly gave us it gave us a lot. Was, this is an excellent trailer. A-plus trailer. Maybe not A-plus. That's, that's you know, being a little biased, a little in the moment. Definitely an A-minus, somewhere in the A range for that trailer. I feel, I don't feel very tricked. I don't feel tricked at all, which is good. And it's one of the main things I wanted is to not be tricked from these trailers. I don't feel like I learned anything too consequential or spoiler to the game other than just got the appropriate preview of some really good daily challenges, some fun being had in the house, a great color scheme for the season. And TJ still hates quitters. We're still on top of buildings. We got lots of classic challenge. I feel like this just had a flagship challenge feel to it, which is exactly Exactly what it should have done a somewhere in the a range a minus a or a plus trailer absolutely nailed it now let's actually dive in and talk about each and every one of these teams all right we're on to the good stuff a team by team breakdown season 38 ride or dies all 17 known teams going in in order, not alphabetical, not by you know resume or veteran status in the game. No, 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 no. That's too easy. We ain't doing that anymore. Instead, these are in order by how I would power rank all 17 teams going in. Reverse order. We're starting at the bottom. We're going all the way to the top. I will recap briefly at the end, but these are my power rankings. All 17 teams. I'm not giving you a top five, not giving you a top 10, not even top 15. I'm giving you all 17 in exactly the order not exactly the order that I think they're going to finish, that would be unbelievably incredible. If that happens, I I, I don't know, I'm going to go play the lotto or something, but in order of how I would power rank their chances of winning this season in order, here we go. We're starting off with a rookie, rookie pairs. Annalise and Tommy, they're both from Big Brother 21, and honestly, that's all I got because I don't see it with this couple at all, except I do like Tommy has a reality TV podcast, so shout out to him for that. Now, because of learning that, I do actually hope that they go super far this season so he can give us some good insight on Real Talk, T-A-W-K, Real Talk, shout out Tommy's podcast, shout out to Tommy and Elise, and Elise but uh, I don't think there's going to be much. I'm putting them dead last. Can they win this show? No. They cannot win this show. We'll be asking that of every single one of these teams. That wasn't just me taking an extra dig at the team I barely talked about. But we'll ask that question. Can they win at the end of every one? Can Annalise and Tommy win? No. I don't expect to talk about them much this season. I think they'll be gone early. Moving on to number 16. That's Raven and Johnny, another rookie, rookie pair. I bet you could t- think where predict where one of my predictions later on is going to go. Raven and Johnny come in at 16. Let's talk Johnny. He's an athlete. He's from Love Island, too. He's friends with Jeremiah from last season and Corey from The Challenge. I learned both of those from his Instagram. So that means he's definitely going to be friends with Nelson. If he's not already, he will be by then, which maybe brings him into like a little Nelson J thing. Nelson and Jay are good friends. We'll talk about that later. So maybe he can get roped into with the three of them. And, you know, maybe... They, they rope in a Chauncey and a Darrell, which is going to be something I say a lot throughout the rest of these team-by-teams breakdowns. That's just the theory I've got going. That could be good for him, but 
He is a little on the short side. He's very built. He's a very athletic fella, but he's a little on the short side. That's not shade. That's just facts. We got to talk about it when we break these competitors down. His partner, Raven, hasn't been on reality TV before. One of three or four people from this season who has not been on reality TV again. So we'll see how she handles the cameras, the lights, the living situation, all of that. She has done a decent amount of film and TV work. That seems to be her main aspiration. So I could see her maybe befriending a uh, Jordan, an Amber, a Veronica, a Nani who, by the way, are all in a new MTV movie called Smile that looks super creepy. I don't like horror movies. I'm going to have to watch this one to support all my people, but I'm just, you know, kind of stalling here now talking about that movie because I don't really have much else to say. This team will be in the first elimination no matter what. Can they win the challenge? No. To number 15, our first veteran makes the list. That would be Nam and his partner, Emmy. Nam is back for a third time. He is a truly unlucky challenge career. He's been on two seasons. First one, Double Agents. He was with Lolo. It was tumultuous. She ends up leaving. He gets a hurt back. He DQs medically. Then he has a COVID removal from Spies, Lies, and Allies. Just horrible luck his first two seasons. I love Nam so much. He is one of the best athletes there period, end of story. For the third season in a row, I have to point out that Nam comes from Ultimate Beastmaster, which is a another country or Netflix's version, but also another country's version of American Ninja Warrior, except one where they only do like stage three of American Ninja Warrior, which is the part where it's pure upper body strength the entire time. Nam is a crazy, crazy athlete, all right? And he's crazy smart. He's crazy driven. He's crazy hardworking. I love him so much. He's one of my absolute favorites to ever enter this world. But I don't see much for him this season yet again because Emmy not bringing much to the table. Uh, she's she's in model shape for sure. She's a model um, and it's, you know, I'm willing to be wrong, but I think she's in model shape, not in shape. Shape, there's a big difference that's gonna come up with a lot of people on this list as well as it comes up all the time in this world and other reality competition shows are like models are fit. Are they that kind of fit or are they just like, I need to be good looking fit I'm willing to be wrong, but I think it's just that I need to be good looking fit here for Emmy. She's done a bunch of reality TV in Europe, but no physical stuff from anything that I'm seeing. And somehow to people who are for, for people who are very online, like very online people, Emmy and Nam, they have zero pictures together ever anywhere. So it seems like they really maybe just felt like they owed Nam one more season and found him a partner to maybe, you know, fake something with which I'm not mad at, but it feels just like a three for three bad situation for my guy, Nam. I love Nam so much. Can they win this season? No, they cannot. Moving on to number 14. The first champion to show up on this list, lower than you'd think a champion who won the hardest final in the history of the show to fall. But this is where I think Turbo and Tamara come in. Turbo is back for a third season after winning War of the Worlds and getting DQ'd from his second season, War of the Worlds 2, with that altercation from Jordan, who is in this cast. That'll be interesting to see if there's any bad blood spilling over from that, if they've ever talked again or you know buried that hatchet, so to speak. There are... Rumors out there that Tamara and Turbo aren't didn't actually date, aren't actually dating. These are just things I see on Twitter and not even from your typical like good spoiler commentator accounts that you could trust, but I've got really nothing else to say about Tamara. I don't know much. I couldn't find out much. So here we are. Turbo is an incredible athlete, but also he's small enough, short enough, I should say. He's not small. He's 
Got a lot of muscle on him, but he's short enough, similar to what we said about one of the rookies earlier. If you're if you're short enough, you can still lose a size-based elimination, which there's only a couple of them, the Hall Brawl and maybe one or two others where size over strength or anything else is the number one asset. But if he ends up in one of those, he could go out. He also has no connections really to work with unless he's maybe going to glom on to Nani, but she's got plenty of other connections. We'll talk about those later. So without having his buddies, his good Good, good buddies, Kara and Polly, who he happens to seemingly still be and continue to be very good buddies with. Maybe they've been coaching him up, or maybe maybe he'll call Cara Maria a la West calling bananas on All Stars 3, and maybe Cara Maria will be on our challenge screen that way. Can we dream? Can we hope? I know they already filmed this, but Turbo, could you go back in time and make that happen? Uh, I don't have much else on this team. I don't think they're going to have the connections in the house. I don't. Uh, I think Turbo's an amazing athlete again he won the hardest final in the history of the show that means a lot that means so much i don't think this is his season uh, i don't think this partnership's going very far at all can they win no i do not believe they have any path even small to winning in 13th we move to casey and kenny casey the reigning female champion back after winning attempting to build on one of the best resumes of all time in the world of the challenge. She has done three seasons. She has made three finals. She's won one of them. She's gotten second to Jenny West in the other one. That's basically a win. She's gotten the third one. She got injured, tore ACL, and then her partner DQ'd them. She would have DQ'd anyways. Either way you put it, three seasons, one win, three finals. Incredible. 14 daily wins in three seasons. That's insane. 2-0 in eliminations. Beat Kayla and Teresa in such a strong social game that the only reason she's even been in those two eliminations is because both those seasons required you to go in and win a skull in order to compete in TJ's final. That's the only reason she ever even ended up there. Now, Fessy and Casey are both here. We'll talk about Fessy later, but they're both here without Josh, which is everything I've been asking for. Almost. I kind of, I wanted one at a time only, but this is this is close enough. Now, Casey's got tons of connections. She's got Nani. She's got Devin and Tori, I assume. She's got Fessy. She's maybe even got Amber if she wanted to try and reach out and actually get Amber in. I think there's still a shot in the dark that could happen if she wanted to try to make it happen. Maybe not, but I'm I'm dreaming here. And then Nani's got, you know, that Kayla and Turbo possible alliances, which we'll talk about later. There's a lot going on socially and politically here for her to grab onto, but her partner is Kenny, her brother. He is going to be labeled the layup, regardless of if he actually is, and he very well may not be, but it's going to be labeled the layup in the house on the men's side. That's just, there's just no other way about it. At, at the end of the day, the challenge, like it or not, <laughs> it judges people based on how they look in their spandex uniform, and when all these guys line up, they're going to look at Kenny and be like, "That's the if we had to go against someone, that's the guy we want to go against. Fair or unfair, everyone judges, you know, pure physical strength as the number one factor when it's one of like 30 factors that matter pretty evenly across the board. It is what it is. He's going to be labeled that. We'll see if he can prove people wrong. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm even prone to saying like, you know, Maybe Casey, it would have there's supposedly one some guy from Big Brother the season she was on was supposed to be on. It wasn't him. Now it's Kenny. Either way, I think they're gonna have the best team chemistry because they're actual siblings that really seem to love each other and be really, really good friends. I think they're gonna have great connections in the house. And if they get the right elimination, I think they can absolutely kick some ass. But at the end of the day, I don't know that that's gonna be that. Can they win the season? 
No, they cannot. And final thing, because doing my deep dive of everyone's Instagram that I did, Kenny, he did post a picture of his cat, and I got very excited. I was like, you posted a cat picture. I'm a cat guy. Everyone that listened to Challenge USA knows this, and I was excited. I was like, Kenny's my guy. Hell yeah, here we go. But then that caption of the picture of his cat said that he's a dog lover trapped in a cat owner's life. And if that is meant to be shade towards his cat, then me and Kenny can't be friends, and I am officially putting them this low on the list. They come in 13th. They will not be able to win the season. They can't win the season. I do not believe they have a path to doing so. Moving on to number 12, Nelson in Nerys, I believe is how you pronounce her name. The first of multiple names I am likely to get very wrong on this podcast. Uh, I apologize to all of them, but Nelson in Nerys. Nelson's eighth season. He has made two finals coming off the second of those in SLNA, and he's made 75% of the possible episodes in all the seasons he's ever been on, which is a huge number. He is always going far. He's always hanging around. Even if he doesn't quite make the final, he's rarely ever exiting early and, you know, mid-season, late-season, last uh, elimination before the final, a couple finals. Nelson always is hanging out for a while, but while it's his eighth season, while he's a super vet at this point, he's never done a season without his boy Corey, his BFF Corey. So how does he handle being in a house without his ride or his true ride or die? And if this was a you know a male male female female style season, then you know Corey would have been like, nah, I, I know I said I was gonna I was gonna retire for a little bit here, but no, I got to go back with my boy Nelson. So Nelson without Corey, how does he handle that? Nerys, she and Nelson dated once. Uh, apparently, supposedly, um, not supposedly, that was mean. Other, other couples deserve supposedly's on this one. These two seem to legitimately have dated, had a bad breakup, and then, you know, found a way to be very good friends after it, which one, I have to say, well done, Nelson. Uh, seems like a catch, Nerys, and, uh, so great job, Nelson, and great job, Nerys, because Nelson's amazing, and I love him so much. Um, they maybe disliked each other a lot, now they're good friends, or, you know, did she want on the show? The show wanted Nelson there. They were friendly enough, and they made it work. Either way, I'm happy they're both here. She's a model. She's from Are You The One, an ex-on-the-beach alumni. A long line of talent from talent from Are You The One. Could she be the next big star to come from there? I wonder, but then I also remember that that was a few years back. Why hasn't she been on the challenge yet if they thought she had that star potential? But maybe she proves those producers wrong and proves to them why she should have been casted long ago. We shall see. Nelson is always looking for love, so maybe he pulls a Josh and tries to make out with his partner this season, tries to rekindle something. Maybe that means that these two have the the best opportunity of any partnership to actually really blow up. I'm just kidding. There's a clear clear favorite for which partners actually aren't going to like each other. We'll talk about them pretty soon. But for now, can Nelson and Norris win? No, I do not believe they have a path to winning. We go to number 11, Jay and Michelle. These two are both so great. I'm so glad that they're back on this show. I am really, really, really happy to happen, have both of them back in the challenge world. Neither of these two are the, you know, like stars, uh, the face of the franchise, like the top, top, top level stars of this show. They're not that type of cast member, but they're both incredible cast members and great, great glue cast members that are needed and that benefit this show greatly. And that seems like it kicked to the side and not invited back all the time when they're not remembering from times of the past, like the recent season I covered on the, the rewatch series, Fresh Me Too. One of the things that made that season so great is because 
they casted so many great glue cast members like a Ryan or a Jen that had great roles, great seasons, and could be a part of that major storyline that featured the couple big, big, big star names, but they didn't have to have 20 star names there. They only had to have a couple, and then they had a bunch of really good value add cast members. That's the type of people I believe Jay and Michelle are. I'm so happy to have both of them back on the show. I'm so happy they are together. Now, we've got to ask, does anyone in the house like Michelle from last season? Does she hate Fessy or, you know, they had their their little dalliance in the hotel room when, you know, filming the the recap shows or the after shows or whatever, whatever happened between them. There was a messy, something went back and forth. You know, it's Fessy. He's always messy. He was in that situation. So does she not like him or is, uh, is, is Fessy maybe on the outs with his usual squad where maybe the two of the, them would work together? I don't really know. Does Jay have anyone in the house? He has Nelson. Him and Nelson are very good buddies. They're together all the time in real life. Those two are boys. Um, but then it seems like maybe I don't really know where the other connections for Jay would be. They're both from Survivor, which coming off the Challenge USA, where some cast members in this very show, some OG cast members, didn't feel great about no OG MTV folks being invited to Challenge USA. Does that leave a salty taste in the mouth where it's like, hey, Big Brother and Survivor folks, you're out of here. I don't care that you're from our side of the fence over here in MTV Challenge World. You're out of here. We're mad at CBS folks right now. Who knows? That could happen. That Survivor tie being the single Survivor team could doom Michelle and Jay. Can they win? I'm tempted to say that there's a, the smallest path that I could see them. I can see them getting into a final, but I don't know that I can actually see them fully winning, winning the final. So I'm going to go one more time, maybe a couple more times. Can this team win? No. And with that, we enter our top 10. At number 10, we've got Anissa and Jordan. Now, let's get straight to it. Anissa has a history of not liking Jordan, not liking Jordan at all. These two don't get along, historically speaking. And Anissa is also best friends with Tori, who is Jordan's ex-fiance and may have added more fuel to the fire of why Anissa didn't like Jordan in the first place and didn't even more so later. Now, Jordan originally said he would never do a season again with uh, Tori on it because a very a very legitimate reason because he didn't know how the breakup storyline would be edited. He didn't want to leave their story in the aftermath of their breakup up to the editing team to tell. That made total sense at the time. It was a bummer when he said that, but. It made total sense. Now, given the time that has passed and the fact that he and Tori do seem to be in a good place, at least via you know social media interactions, seem to be very kind between them and they exist between them. So that's you know all signs point to you know they found a place and are able to be friends and whatnot. Who knows what we'll see on this season? But I'm glad that he was willing to jump back in to the flagship world, even with her still in the cast. And I hope for the best between them, especially because his partner again is a Nisa, and they didn't like each other before so the only thing that could possibly maybe hopefully bring them together is the fact that she is besties with Tori I'm guessing we're going to get some explanation whether it'll be an honest one or just kind of a made-up you know produced one somehow some way we're going to find out how these two ended up being together I'm guessing we're going to find that out early in the first episode but it's kind of fun actually I've heard I've seen a lot of people you know being like this is a joke making fun of it which is fun you know we got it we got to get our jokes in where we can but I actually think it's hilarious and fun and interesting for the show that they've put one 
couple together that actually doesn't like each other, that actually isn't ride or dies, that very well could have been rivals on a rival season if you really wanted to go all the way there. Uh, I think that's an interesting thing to add in, especially when one part of that when the when the two people one of them is an OG legend in her own right and the other one is one of the greatest players to ever play the game and that is Jordan Wisely they have 21 flagship seasons between them Jordan is a three-time champion most recently lost to Mark on All-Stars 3 while Anissa went out of Spies Lies and Allies with an injury DQ who Jordan wants to work with will be fascinating and if his redemption tour continues is he super nice and sweet or does he get frustrated with his partner we shall see will Anissa be torn between you know the vacation alliance that she's been a part of the last couple of seasons, or some of the other super vets that are in this show that we're going to talk about here soon enough. Can she be the glue that brings all of that together into a big super vets only alliance a la Spies, Lies, and Allies? Anissa seems like the prime person to be able to bring, you know, the Durrells and Veronica's and laurels and bananas into that vacation alliance with the Tory, Devons, Nannies, Casey's, Fessies, and what have you. Let's see if she could possibly do that. They will be an incredibly difficult team to beat in an elimination. Incredibly difficult to beat in an elimination. Anissa has been in like the second most eliminations ever. She's got she's like 14 and 15 or something crazy in eliminations like that. Jordan is like nine and two uh, or something insane. I'm probably getting both those numbers wrong. I didn't put all the stats up in front of me for this one. So sorry that's off the top of the dome. But either way you slice it, I think 14 and 15 is bananas. Anissa was like 11 and 12 or 12 and 11, something like that. Either way, they've done a hell of a lot of eliminations. They're both very good in eliminations and in daily challenges for that matter. But when it comes to a final, while Jordan is the best endurance athlete going in the world of the challenge right now, today, as we speak, can he and Anissa as partners win this season? No, they cannot. There's no path. Moving on to number nine, a rookie, rookie pair. We've got Olivia and Horacio. Horacio, Horacio, I apologize, my man, for spelling your or saying your name possibly wrong. One of those had to be wrong. I just said it two different ways. But either way, you can feel good about the fact that I'm putting you inside the top 10. You'll notice the other rookie, rookie teams, they were way back there at the very bottom of this list, and you guys are right square in the middle. That is because Olivia... IG deep dive on her. First off, friends with Justine from Challenge USA. I like Justine from Challenge USA. She proved herself very capable of kicking some ass in a challenge house. Maybe Olivia can do the same. I have also learned that she has been in a kayak at least one time, at least to take a picture. Maybe she paddled, maybe she did not. But either way, paddle sports become a big factor in the challenge, particularly in finals. So that's good to see. She's at least been inside of a kayak one time before. Not getting a lot else that, you know, screams challenge champion from her, but those are a couple decent things that I learned. And then Horacio, IG deep dive, he plays soccer, collegiately played soccer. He's a surfer. He runs Spartan races for fun. Spartan races are like tough mutters, but even harder or easier. I forget which one's harder, but he runs the really long ones of the Spartan races. So he does some really hard endurance obstacle course type stuff for fun. Also, he's from a show called Exalt, Exatlon, Exaltlon. I apologize on the pronunciation of that show, but it looks like a show I should watch because it's very challenge-esque. Uh, there's been like four or five seasons of it, it seems. Um, it's on, uh, you know, uh, it's it airs down in Mexico. Some of the seasons seem to take place in, US, in the U.S., uh, however, and there possibly is an English-speaking version 
uh, of it. Either way, I've got to watch because it looks awesome by the pictures and the brief clips I watched. It looks like he does a lot of things on that show that would make him tailor-made for a challenge cast. And it leads me to believe that he's going to be very, very good at this game. Is Horacio this season's Logan is the question I'm asking. He's hot. He's a surfer. He's Spanish-speaking. Could he befriend someone in the house who has obvious ties to so many other people but still picks Horacio over the others to defend because of the two-week friendship a la Josh and Logan last season? I don't know, but I'm so impressed by his resume and the little bit I got from his Instagram and hers as well that these are the first two couple that I say. The odds are slim, but there is some small, less than 1% chance, but it exists. It's not 0.0. Can they win this show? Yes. Will they win? Certainly not. But could they? Yes. I really believe there is the, there is one in a one in a 287 chance that they win this particular season, which means, yes, they could in theory. Now to number eight, we've got Kayla and Sam. Kayla is back after her All-Stars 3 second place finish, which put her back in kind of the realm of ability that it's often thought that she is in. She's kind of fluctuated in her challenge career. She seems amazing, like she's built for this, she's made for this show, and she very much is. She just hasn't always performed the best. Her best showing clearly was Vendetta's, where she got second place or you know, tied for second, the four of them at the very end did the puzzle, car won, no one else finished, so second place female, second place overall, whatever you want to say, best season, Dirty 30, she did pretty good, uh, but it was a lot of her friends doing the work, All-Stars 3, obviously she did very great, she is here partnered with her husband, Sam, of about a year, they've been, you know, dated obviously well before that, got married sometime in the last year, year ago, he's from X on the beach, at least at one point, he's a DJ, music producer, and he seems to have gotten in very good shape, specifically for for the challenge. Maybe not specifically, but the timing seems relevant. As I deep dove on his Instagram, about 18 weeks ago, he posted a picture of a 15-week fitness challenge and the results of that 15-week fitness challenge, and he had quite the transformation, and he went to the, the basically looking like he possibly looked back on the X on the beach, whether he was in the same shape then or now, I would say probably better now. But either way, about 18 weeks ago, he finished up a 15-week fitness journey. Was that to get ready for a show like The Challenge? Who knows? Maybe it was just good coincidence, good timing. But either way, it certainly is going to help him out. He looks ready to go. Does a challenge house seem like the ideal place for newlyweds? No, but they've been together long enough that I don't think that's going to be an issue. And they've been, they I think they flip houses or they like do gut rehabs, houses, whatever. I don't think a challenge house is going to be a problem for this married duo. Who do they align with though? That's my big question. Kayla and Nani used to be super duper tight. That's been a few years. Are those still two st- still super duper tight and does that mean that Kayla by de facto is in the vacation alliance with Nani Kayla and Veronica were in an alliance on all stars three but was that actually because they became good friends or was that because they were she was sleeping in the same room as Tina and Veronica and they just all became a big alliance because Kayla was winning a bunch of stuff I don't know, but that could be a possible place. Sam, uh, is there anyone that you know he's going to make specific friends with? I don't know. Is he, does he have prior relationships with any of these people? I'm not 100% positive, but I, what I am positive on is, is there a chance? Can they win this season? Yes. They are athletic enough. They could possibly have the ties enough. They could do plenty well enough. I think there is a path to a win for them. It's pretty small, but it exists. And uh, it's it's not less than one like the last one. It's a full. It's at least a full one to four percent chance that they could win this season. So that is Sam and Kayla. Now we're to number seven. 
Colleen and Kim. Our final rookie rookie pair goes all the way up to seventh in the power rankings. I love these two and I know very little to nothing about them. But what I have gleamed from their Instagrams is that these two could be a force to be reckoned with. Colleen first, fitness influencer in the real deal. Sometimes, you know, you gotta really, you really gotta dive deep to learn is someone a fitness influencer and like how real is their level of fitness? How fit, in fact, are they? The answer for Colleen, very, that's the answer. Very, very fit, awesome athlete. Shades of Gabby from Double Agents who turned out whether she was on that show a little bit and we didn't fully ever realize it, but especially afterwards, Gabby Allen is super duper fit, super duper athlete, fitness influencer herself. Colleen gives me shades of Gabby, but like Gabby, like right now today, not even when she was on the show, when she still did perfectly good at the show. She was previously Colleen that is on the mole in Germany, I believe, some somewhere in Europe, a different version of the mole. There used to be an American version of the mole way back when. I loved that show. This one, I don't know the exact conceit of the game uh, other than one person is lying the whole time is the mole trying to sabotage stuff, but it seems like they did actual games that look very challenge-like, and the thing that really matters in this is she was the freaking mole the whole time. She was the titular character of that show, which means she lied to people the entire season, and she got to do a bunch of challenge-like challenges. That makes her great and a perfect fit for a challenge house. She's going to kick ass, as is her partner, Kim. Real life Thor, Fabio 2.0. Either way, a tall, built gentleman with the best hair on this season, hands down. He was also the titular character on his reality show, which was called Prince Charming. I believe that was Prince Charming Germany 3, um, where he was the literal prince that everyone was going for. He's not an actual prince, at least to my knowledge, of any, of any land or nation out there. But he was the Prince Charming, the one everyone was vying for. Think The Bachelor, except all male version at the time of filming of this season he was still with the winner of that show Maurice they got together they suppose I believe we're still together at least at the time of filming if not now so hats off to them they're doing way better on Prince Charming than our bachelor bachelorette couples here in America do and either way Kim is he looks he's super duper fit and not just model fit it does does look like super legit fit Although I am a little nervous, he had a post way back in February where he said he tried yoga for the first time and learned he wasn't mobile, but then there's another post a few later where it looks like he's super duper flexible, so I'm torn, but I think he's a really good athlete, and either way, he's super tall, he's got some good muscle, he's got the size to him, and his partner looks like she kicks ass as well. This is by far the best rookie-rookie team coming in, even though they have by far the least connections and are the dreaded double Euro or double, you know, just double international team. Uh, there isn't nearly as many of those this season as there has been the last few. That probably isn't great from an alliance standpoint. But either way, can they win? Yes, I, I truly believe this team could win. I think if they're in a final, they're a force to be reckoned with. I think they could get to a final. And also, can they win my heart? Yes, to both of them. And I think a lot of fans watching at home. Then number six, we've got the OGs. We've got Veronica and Darrell, the original face of the franchise in Veronica and the original goat of the challenge in Darrell, the old once upon a time four by four champion, both coming off All-Stars 3, where Darrell lost to Jordan in a crazy, wild, amazing elimination that only Jordan was going to beat him in, and then Veronica, who broke her toe, falling down the stairs, running for the pizza. It happens to the best of us. Now, between them, they have 20 flagship seasons, plus those All-Stars 1, and 7 championships, 4 for Darrell, 3 for Veronica. 
And Veronica's the perfect partner for Darrell, politically speaking. He can sit back, just do what he wants to do, which is just sit back, keep his hands clean, and not have to even think all that much about the alliances. If she needs to come with them to him for the little advice here or there, that's fine. She isn't 100% certain on a decision. He can throw his opinion in there, but otherwise he'll sit back, let her handle the social political part of the game, and that is where she is an expert. That is where she cuts her teeth, where she makes her bread, where she's so good at, as we even saw recently on All Stars 3, where she was running that shit until she unfortunately broke her toe, which was a huge, huge bummer. But the question is, who do they work with? Because, you know, there's Anissa and Bananas who are in Laurel, I guess, or who are the other, you know, quote unquote, old school players or Anissa certainly is, you know, from their started around the same time. Bananas a couple seasons after them, Laurel, you know, significantly after them. But those are the closest to old school players they've got. Maybe there's the Kayla Veronica thing we said earlier from All-Stars 3. Maybe Darrell, you know, I could see, I mentioned it once before, I'll mention it here again, I'll mention it when it comes up, the other name comes up. I could see him and Nelson and Chauncey, for some reason, I just see the three of them working out and deciding that they like each other and kind of being boys for the season and something going on there. But ultimately, as much as I love both of these two, as much as I'm excited to see the two of them together and both on a flagship season again, can they win this season the answer is no, which, yeah, I put them above teams that I've said yes for, but I like their uh, their chances of making a final significantly more than the teams we've previously spoken about. I just don't think they have it at this stage versus this crop of cast members to actually win that final, but I love their chances of getting all the way to it, which is why they rise above some of the other teams that I think could legitimately win the whole thing, even if it's a super small chance. And they come in sixth, but no, I do not believe they can win the entire Challenge 38. Then we've got our top five. Let's talk Laurel and Jack. Laurel is back. Did you know Laurel's only done six seasons of the show? It feels like so many more. She was in four straight finals to start her career, winning the fourth one, free agents, and then had some disappointing exits in an invasion in War of the World 2, which I still say she won the elimination. It was dumb how she got DQ'd, but that's neither here nor there. She's 21 out of 45 in daily challenges. She's won almost half of the daily challenges she's been in. That's individual seasons, partner seasons, one team season, but that's insane. That's absolutely insane number for someone who's been on the season she has been on. She is nine and two in eliminations. Also insane. One of, if not the best elimination competitor we've ever seen. I did recently say if I had to pick one person to win an elimination, my life was on the line. I'm picking Laurel over anyone else. Jack, her partner, He's from X on the Peak, which is the X on the beach they did on the mountaintop. That's where he met Laurel originally. They are besties, and they seem like true, legitimate ride-or-die BFFs, which we love to see. Now, question with Jack, similar, similar to a lot of people on this show. Is he just in shape to be good-looking for modeling, or is he for real in good shape? Because with models, as we've said before, it can be tricky sometimes, so he certainly is no slouch, that's for sure. But how good of an athlete, what's his fitness level, what's his physical abilities actually going to be? I love that the two of them are actually legit best friends. I think they can that, that can lead to some really good things in a house where not all of the rider dies as our, you know, rider die as the rest. No idea who they align with. Jordan and Laurel, you know, had a romance last time Laurel won on the season. So maybe she's like, let's go back to that. Well, not romantically, but just, you know, alliance wise. Um, so maybe him. Does she go for the, you know, Bananas, Darrell, Veronica, Anissa and play the OGs card? And like, let's all gang together. Or do, you know, Casey, Tori, Nani, Kayla say, 
we've got to get Laurel the F out of here before I have to go against her. And Laurel and Jack are going into a lot of eliminations because everyone's scared of her and maybe him too. I don't know, but either way you cut it, could they win this season? Yes, certainly. If Laurel is involved, no matter almost who the partner is, she's got a shot to win. Number four, Amber and Chauncey. Amber, stellar two-season performance of Challenge Career so far. It's laughable that she was an alternate on Spies, Lies, and Allies. She's got one win on Double Agents. Another good season with no, you know, she had no allies in the house and still produced a good season on Spies, Lies, and Allies. She's 3-1 and one in eliminations. Even if that one loss does kind of stand out, her and uh, Jeremiah lost to Corey and Bettina, and it, was, uh, it, it wasn't a good look for anyone, really, honestly. It took a hell of a long time in that elimination, but... Could she possibly make up with Casey and Fessy, or is she just going to be like, I'm fully against you this time around? Either way, I don't think it matters much because this time around, she finally has someone in her corner. That's her ride or die, Chauncey, who is her boyfriend, who spoke their relationship into existence by tweeting about out how he was going to marry Amber B one day, a few months later, or however long later. They're actually dating. They're well on their way. Pretty cool stuff, and also very smart of him, because Amber B, total catch. Well done, Chauncey. Chauncey's huge. He's a massive guy, super jacked up. Fitness is his life, which makes him a threat for sure and makes him this season's new big guy. Every season comes with the new big guy, but that also comes with the question for the new big guy. Can you run, though? Can you run? Because you're not guaranteed to get in a hall brawl. It almost never works out that way, which it would be cool if it did if you went up against an equally sized person who also was excited about doing just that activity versus you. But can you run, though? We will find out. I think I'm leaning towards, yeah, he probably can, especially with Amber B. He's clearly a challenge fan uh, as well. He knows that that's important. So whether he could you know, five months ago isn't the question. Whether he could when he, you know, got on the plane to go to Argentina for day one of the challenge, I think that answer is yes. He's way too good of an athlete and knows too much about this and is dating a former champion who got that way because she kicks ass at endurance to not have gotten that endurance up if he even needed to raise it any bit coming in. They are big, the biggest wild card to me because also about Chauncey. Can you do math? That is the biggest question. Can Chauncey do math? More than can he run, can he do math? Because Amber cannot. Uh, that's no slight. Lots of people on these shows, lots of people at home have a lot of trouble with math. It's not something most general people do every single day, but she has struggled big, big, big time with it in the past. It's her only weakness, like her only one. She's really strong across the board and everything else. So you got to do the math, buddy. I hope Chauncey can do them. They are the biggest wild card for me. They can win dailies. They could be unbeatable in eliminations, in some eliminations, and easily beatable in others, depending again on that math or puzzle card. They have no guaranteed connections going in. Um, again, for the maybe the last time, I'm going to theorize that you know Nelson, Darrell, Chauncey. For some reason, I just think you know I not for some reason. I think Nelson and Chauncey possibly are friendly coming into it, or at least know each other. Nelson and Amber, I could see being the right ones that are like we're on the outside of this vacation thing, having uh, some alliance type connection in the past. And I could see Darrell just being like these are kind of the young the young bucks that I want to align with, and we like working out together every day. I could see them linking up. I could see an Amber Nelson J Michelle plus some rookies kind of an interesting little alliance of, again, those kind of outsiders of the vacation alliance, but still vets and, uh, you know, with some real reps in the game. I could see that. Either way, can these two win? Yes. 
if they make a final, this team can absolutely win. And I think they got a great shot at making that final because, again, I think they could be extremely tough to beat in most eliminations. And I think they could win a lot of daily challenges. I love, love, love where this team is standing coming into the season. Now we're on top three, the big ones. Fessy and Mariah come in at number three. Fessy is back after that bullshit DQ on Spies, Lies, and Allies. He's made two finals in three seasons. The other one was that DQ. Yes, he gave up eating in double agents, which wasn't smart because he could have possibly got to the next part and switched partners, but his current partner was hurt. And when you think you've lost, you shut it down. And there I go making excuses for my guy again. But he is still hands down the best male athlete in the house. I shouldn't say hands down. Jordan's the best athlete in the house. Yeah, Jordan's the best athlete in the house. Fessy's the second best athlete in the house. Maybe even slightly the best. Jordan's the best endurance athlete, and I weigh that more when I say best athlete in the challenge context. But outside of challenge context, just straight up best athlete, still probably Fessy. And shout out Alan Aguirre. As always, over on Medium, great write-ups, Caffeine Confessionals podcast, super duper good. He pointed out, which was very, very good, and I really appreciated that Fessy is also actually super duper smart and good at like puzzles and logic type stuff. He was an academic All-American when he was back playing collegiate football. He just makes the dumb social decisions, so everyone thinks, you know, Messi Fessy, he's not the smartest, you know, the brightest crayon in the box, but... He actually is really, really smart. He's done really, really well at puzzles and other things, and he's just kicked ass at this game. He just hasn't got the win, and then he got the bullshit DQ last season. He's a force to be reckoned with, and he's out to prove a lot. He's partnered with Mariah. Uh, Fitness model looks to be a true physical threat, looks to be on the side of that scale of like actual fitness, really legit in shape. That's where I'm leaning on hers. Are she and Fessy together? Are they just good friends? Or is she just a person that they got to get Fessy a partner? I'm not 100% sure. What I am kind of 100% sure on is that after the season, she spent some time with Johnny Bananas after filming. There was a little Instagram sleuthing, although they didn't seem to try to hide it that much that maybe something there happened. So maybe we could see the beginnings of that happen on this season, and that could help some alliance things. It would also make sense. I think Johnny and Fessy have become friends from the couple podcasts they've done together. It seems like maybe they are more friendly than not. And if Fessy can get in with Bananas Nani and you know, Casey and Kenny and Tori and Devin, Anissa Jordan, that could be the 10-person super alliance. That's kind of what's left more or less of the vacation alliance. You know, Tori and Devin, Casey, Anissa, Nani, you throw in Bananas, Jordan, uh, and uh, Kenny, and now, you know, Fessy and Mariah into that. That could be the 10-person people. Or that exact same group could be, let's get Fessy and Chauncey in a hall brawl together, and that could be their thing. Let's get both of those big guys out, and then they make that happen, and we get an absolute show. That would be amazing. Let's get Fessy versus Chauncey in a hall brawl. That would be incredible. You know Fessy and Amber, they got their beef, so I could see those two teams going up against each other. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to speak it into existence the way Chauncey spoke his relationship into existence, but Fessy Mariah for sure can win this season And this guy, as the leader of the Fessy fan club for life, would certainly love to see my guy Fessy get that win. He's in third with Mariah on these power rankings. In second is Tori and Devin. Speaking of the Vacation Alliance, the kind of heads of that snake, if you will, former borderline rivals turned besties over the course of the last two seasons. They're both coming off a finals appearance where Devin was the day one leader and Tori kind of maybe had it, should have maybe won, if not for the final partner switch and the fresh brand new clock timed leg at the very end there where she lost by seconds, uh, maybe a forgotten number. 
But these two, they have solid connections. They've been they've been the face of the last two seasons. Whether you liked it or not, that's that's just the truth. They've got Casey, Nani, Anissa, Fessy, maybe even Nelson a little bit, maybe. Uh, but they've got a lot of good connections. They are likely the ones coming in, at least thinking that group of people led by these two, thinking that they are running this game early on. Devin also needs to be shouted out, has gotten in way better shape than we've seen him before. Now, I don't know if it happened before filming or after or both. I think both, but he's been posting some of his runs and their times and the mile splits and everything he's been doing recently, and they are impressive. Devin is in shape. Devin can run now. Whether he's going to win a hall brawl or a pole wrestle, no. But can he easily avoid those? Super duper easy yes for him. I think he might be able to avoid all the eliminations on his way to a final. And now he almost won a final last season and he's gotten way, way better to a really good level with the running and the endurance. You know, that spells good things. Obviously how Tori handles Jordan in the house and Devin handles bananas in the house will go a long ways to where they stand in the game. They could easily avoid every elimination or be the team that everyone decides to throw in every time. Once vets start going for vets, they could have enough vindictiveness out there. The same as they could be, you know, part run in the super alliance. They could also be the target of the smaller alliances. If those vets do break apart, but either way, this team is a certified threat to get their first wins, to win this whole thing. They come in at number two on the power rankings. And that leaves the seven time champ, and his partner, his second time that they've ever been partnered together, Nani and Bananas, as the number one team on my power rankings going into this season. 31 seasons and seven titles between them. Yes, all the titles are Bananas, but Nani's been to some finals, coming off two in a row, three overall, has done well in all of them. She's the all-around player. She's not super great at anything, but she's not. she's between average, good, or almost great, at everything, which matters a lot, which is why she's had a lot of success in the Challenge House, even if she hasn't quite got that win before. These two, of course, have been partnered together on X's 2, where they crushed the Redemption House. They got voted back, or got won their way back into the game, and then got voted into elimination, the final elimination, by Sarah and Jordan, which, even though Jordan, out of nowhere, didn't want to do it, because him and Bananas had shelved it all somehow sarah did it that was the beginning of sarah bananas rivalry that led to rivals three and everything that happened there nani has the best connections in the house hands down not even close she's got casey she's got kayla she's got turbo if she wants turbo plus she's got the anisa tori devon and maybe even fessy from the vacation alliance the last couple seasons that's that's half the house or more and then it's just whether or not her partner bananas is willing to be you know, who the hell does he work with? Is he okay just being a part of Nani's Super Alliance? Or are those people in Nani's Alliance going to be cool working with Bananas? Is Devin the new West for Bananas where he can say, we hated each other once, you beat me, I'll put that beside, we're going to work together now. That could very well be CT has won back-to-back seasons, but Bananas is a returning champ here. He hasn't come back since winning on Total Madness. Can he reclaim his throne that so many have been so quick to bequeath to CT just because they like CT better than they like Bananas? I stand strong. He's the GOAT. He's back. He's got one of his best partners he's ever had, even though they didn't win together, and he's won with plenty of other partners. They could very well win here. They're the best suited to do so. They've got incredible connections. If they make a final, they can definitely win that final. They would likely be the favorite in a final right now. If all 17 teams had to run it, I would choose them as the favorite. 
So can they win? Yes, certainly they can, and they very well may. Now, that brings me to the final portion of this podcast, of this preview, and that is the predictions. We've kind of almost a little bit laced some of them in there. We've given you as our power rankings as we went by through the teams, which one more time, because I didn't recap it before, a quick recap again. Those power rankings in reverse order from 17 to 1 are Annalise and Tommy, Raven and Johnny, Nam and Emmy, Turbo and Tamara, Casey and Kenny, Nelson and Doris, Jay and Michelle, Anissa and Jordan, Olivia and Horacio, Kayla and Sam, Colleen and Kim, Veronica and Darrell, Laurel and Jack, Amber and Chauncey, Fessy and Mariah in third, Tori and Devin in second, Nani's and Bananas at the top, Nani and Bananas, no plural on Nani, just on Banana, they are at the top spot, so that's the power rankings, but those aren't the exact predictions. Let's make some predictions for this wonderful season. And again, I will say one final time, no spoilers uh, here at all. I don't know. These are true predictions. I don't know what happens. I'm eager to find out what happens. And I think some of these things I'm about to say are what's going to happen based purely off my own thoughts, ideas, and predictions. So here we go. I've got seven predictions to make here. They're pretty quick. Number one. The vets are the real rider dies for a while, for a while. Same as last season. I think it's very much the exact same as Spies, Lies, and Allies. I think all of the vets stick together. I think rookie-rookie pairs early, and then vet-rookie pairs with the less established vets, the noms and the turbos, get thrown in first. That gets them through the first three, four, five even cycles, depending on you know if it's a last-place team is in, whatever. They'll have teams to pick from, and I think they'll go by that for a good while, a third to half of the season. Prediction number two, off of that, Annalise and Tommy will be the first team eliminated. They're in the first elim, they're eliminated first. That's who I think will go out of the game first. That is why I put them at the bottom of the power rankings. Number three, Colleen and Kim will make it the furthest of any rookie-rookie teams, and they will win two eliminations along the way. That's a double prediction for you there, and that has a lot to do with why I rank them so high in my power rankings. I think while they will be targeted as that rookie-rookie pair, I think they're going to win at least two eliminations. They're going to hold their ground. They're going to make it further than any of the four rookie-rookie pairs. Colleen and Kim, mark it down. Prediction number four, Jordan and Anissa, they're not going to have a good time. But they will win the first elimination they go in before going out in flames in the second one. I think they go in two eliminations. The first one, they win begrudgingly almost, and then they go out in flames in the second one. Either way, I don't think they're going to have a good time, and I think it's going to be one of the most interesting elements of the entire season. As a massive Jordan fan, uh, you know I'm always excited to see him, but especially in this setting with who he's got as his partner, with Tori in the house, coming off the All-Stars 3 and not winning there, going up against you know a Bananas and Durrells. I think this is just this sets up for just a, such an interesting uh, Jordan season, and I can't wait to watch it. Prediction number five: I don't think there'll be any major format twists. Is this a prayer and not really a prediction? Yes, but I'm putting it as a prediction because I think they're going to learn their lesson, and I think they're going to keep these pairs the whole time, and they're not going to try to change anything or do anything crazy. Please let that be the case. Let me, if I could be right about any of these predictions, let that be the one. And now six and seven. Who's going to make the final? Who's going to win? Now, I will go on and assume that uh, like the standard 
10 people will make the final in a pair season. Five teams making the final seems about right with recent trends and whatnot. So I will pick five teams that I think will make the final. Those would be, I believe Nani and Bananas will make the final. I believe Tori and Devin will make the final. I believe Amber and Chauncey will make the final. I believe Colleen and Kim, rookie, rookie duos, rookies of the year, if all these predictions come true, will make the final. And I think the OGs, Veronica and Darrell, make the final. Nani's a banana. Wow. <laughs> I keep flipping the, which one's plural? Nani and bananas, Tori and Devin, Amber and Chauncey, Colleen, Kim, Veronica Durrell, those are your 10 finalists, and your winners are. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think Tori and Devin are going to win. I think Tori and Devin win. I think they avoid elimination completely. I think they win two or three daily challenges at the right times to gain the power and prove and go, you know, make good on all the political ties that they have, and that they get to a final unscathed, and then they win it. If they make the final, which I just, I see no way they don't make the final. I don't know who's going to totally go after them. I guess if somehow Bananas proves his, you know, goat-like status and rallies the whole house against his former rival, Devin, I just don't think he ha- he has the, the numbers to do that. I don't know who else in the house is doing it. And I just, I like that Devin's in better shape. I like that when they make the final, Tori would probably be the best female in the final. Devin can now hang on the endurance. He'll bang out the puzzles and we'll get two first-time champions and official faces of the franchise. They've been that the last two seasons. I think they're going to rubber stamp it and win a season that fans love and that they prove themselves to be the best at and that Devin and Tori win the final. With that, we've covered it all. We've previewed it all. Season 38, Ride or Dies. I'm super hopeful. I think it's going to be great. It has the potential to be great. That's for certain. Between the cast and the format and just where the challenge is right now, I think it has certainly the potential to be great, and I believe it's going to live up to that. I'm hoping that it lives up to that. I know and think that it can. So we've covered it all. Thank you so much for being here and listening. What do you think I got right? What do you think that I'm crazy for thinking? Anything that I got way wrong? Who do you expect to make the final? Who do you expect to win? Again, no spoilers. If you know the answers, don't answer these questions. But if you don't know the actual answers, let me know your opinion, your predictions. Who's going to get out first? What alliances do you see popping up? Let me know the answers to all of these questions over on Instagram at Challenge Historian. I want to hear from you. But again, only if you do not know, only if you are like me and you are unspoiled for this season of Ride or Die, season 38. And as always, Whether you are listening on Spotify, Apple, or wherever, or you're watching on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button below so you don't miss a future episode. We've got a lot coming, including Ride or Die recaps every Wednesday night after the episodes air starting in two weeks. Now, let's get ready to get all full of flagship challenge love. From the next four episodes in this documentary, I'm going to fill us all up with that flagship challenge love, the show we've known and loved for 37 seasons. It's coming back. We'll watch the four episodes of the documentary. We'll cover those here too, and then we'll dive in to what I think will be one of the best modern seasons of the challenge there has ever been. Do I want to define modern? No, I don't. Best modern challenge seasons there has ever been. That's my final prediction. That's my final word on this podcast for you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. I love you. Until next time, peace.